G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. The Talmud records their reaction where they were wailing in the streets, they were putting sackcloth and ashes on, this sign of repentance, and they're marching through the streets of Jerusalem, the religious leaders saying, Woe unto us, for the scepter has departed from Judah. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. In our last program, we looked at a couple of prophecies about the Messiah, fairly obscure prophecies that uh, not everyone realizes are Messianic. And Jewish Bible teachers, rabbis, and students have long known that they are about the Messiah, but not necessarily the Christian world. Well, we're going to have a look at another obscure prophecy today in the Old Covenant about the Messiah and find out how it was fulfilled. Yeah, this is one of my favourites, actually. Um, You will probably remember the story of Jacob and his trying to populate the earth himself with all his children, 12 kids. That's pretty impressive. But then he's on his deathbed and he calls his sons to him and he prophesies over each of them, obviously them and their tribal families after them. Not every each of them got a wonderful word of prophecy or encouragement over their lives. Some of them were pretty bleak. More of a, a stern rebuke, really, in, very, in some cases. Very much. But then there was a, the prophecy that Jacob had over Judah. And I'm gonna, it, it was actually a reasonably long prophecy that he had over Judah. I'm just going to read to you from uh, one verse of it, and it's from uh, Genesis 49, verse 10, and it says this. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the people. Now, the scepter... As we understand, a scepter could could mean a tribal identity, but it was also an authority. It was like a staff, a rod of authority. And to the Jews, this meant that they believed that they had the right from the law of Moses to not only enforce the law, but when necessary, to make a judgment call of authority over matters where the law had been broken. So they were the the adjudicators of the law and the dispensers of justice. The pinnacle of the authority of this scepter, this authority, was seen in cases of capital punishment. And it was the foundation of their system of government. Okay, And if you want to talk about you know, the authority of the scepter, you just go to the book of Esther. Esther yeah. had to go before King Ahasuerus, who was her husband, I might add. But to actually go into his presence without being called upon first, she was literally taking her life into her hands. And if he, if he extended the scepter, that which was the symbol of his authority, if he extended it to her, she was safe. But if he didn't, mm. off with her head, you know. <laughs> so that was the power that, that, that was within the scepter, was a symbol of rule and absolute authority. Now, the scepter that we're talking about in the case with of Jacob was this promised authority given by God to the Jewish people and instituted through the law of Moses as given in the wilderness. 
And and with regard to Shiloh, who is Shiloh? It's a very, very, very long-standing connection within ancient Jewish writings and teachings that Shiloh, or the English is Shiloh, is referring to the Messiah. And that is actually undisputed. So this is talking about that the scepter of authority that the Jewish people had would not depart, the authority would not leave them until the Messiah came. All right. Now, there is a guy by the name of Mark Eastman, and he actually rewords the prophecy that I just read from Genesis 49.10. And I'm going to read to you how he wrote it. Okay, He says, The national identity of Judah, which includes the right to enforce the Mosaic law, including the right to administer capital punishment upon the people, is called for in the Torah shall not depart from the southern kingdom of Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh, the Messiah, comes. And to him shall be the obedience of the people. That's how he's rewritten mm. the prophecy to make it understandable yep. of what it's talking about. So a bit like you'd read in the Amplified Version, it sort of explains all the words in, exactly. along the way. Exactly, that was the, the Mark Eastman translation. Mm. <laughs> and so it's really interesting how all of this sort of is fulfilled. Because it's one thing to have a prophecy, but what does it mean if it's been fulfilled? Okay, really interesting. In 6 to 7 AD in Judea, the Jews were, of course, they were under the domination of the Roman Empire, and Rome was the occupying force, and they were brutal. King Herod's son and successor, Herod Archelaus, uh, he got dethroned and was exiled to Vienna. Uh, that was a city in Gaul. And Rome did not replace him with another Jewish or a puppet ruler like Herod was. They simply appointed a Roman procurator, and his name was Caponius. You could ask me now, why is this a big deal? Why was that a big deal? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> the reason it's a really big deal was that Caponius took this when he took the seat of power in Judea. Um, the authority over capital pa- uh, capital cases was actually given over to Caesar, and Jose- so it was no longer with mm. the Jewish people. So uh, Josephus actually recorded what took place. This is what he wrote in his um, historical narrative called uh, "The War of the Jews." This is from Book Two, Chapter Eight, and this is what. Uh, Josephus wrote, And now Archelaus, part of Judea, was reduced to a province, and Caponius, one of the equestrian order of the Romans, was sent as a procurator, having the power of life and death put into his hands by Caesar. Mm. Okay, so capital punishment was now taken out of the hands of the Jews over adjudicating their own law with their people. Ancient Jewish rabbis have long believed that since God made the world in six days, and then rested on the seventh day that the world would last for 7,000 years. Okay, And Rabbi Elias, who lived 200 years before Christ, he said this. He said, the world endures 6,000 years, 2,000 before the law, 2,000 with the law, and 2,000 with the Messiah. That's what he believes. And then you would have the Sabbath year, Mm -hmm. which would be a 1,000 years apiece. Now, because there was this expectation that when the Messiah came, he would arrive around about the year 4,000-ish, and there was therefore around that was around about the time that Jesus came. So there was this heightened expectation that he would come. But then this happens. Caponius comes to power, and all of a sudden capital crimes is now adjudicated by them. Mm. And, of course, the religious leaders, they're freaking out. And Messiah hasn't come. And, I mean, this is unthinkable. They're actually thinking that the law of God has now broken. Mm. And the Talmud actually records the reaction where they were wailing in the streets, they were putting sackcloth and ashes on, this sign of repentance, and they're marching through the streets of Jerusalem, the religious leaders saying, woe unto us, for the scepter has departed from Judah, and Messiah has not come. Wow. They thought the law had been broken. 
they were actually half right. The scepter had departed from Judah, but where they were half wrong was that Jesus was born in approximately 4 BC. Caponius took his seat of power in 67 AD. That means that while the scepter had departed from Judah, Jesus was actually there and was about 10 years old. Mm. And he was actually living in Nazareth at the time and Joseph would have been teaching him a trade. And so the scepter had departed, but Shiloh had come. Yeah, that's right. They just didn't see it. The real, the real lesson in this is that we who like to watch and are interested in Bible prophecy... God's word cannot break. He cannot tell a lie. His word will never fail. Now, when and how and what the details are of how he fulfills his word is his business. We're to be watchful. We're to be alert. We're to be aware and educated. But just because we can't see something with our eyes, the religious leaders couldn't see Jesus. But that didn't mean he wasn't there. It doesn't mean that God wasn't fulfilling his plans mm. and purposes. Yeah. He always, always will. And herein lies the lesson. Sometimes when it comes to Bible prophecy, we are so dogmatic. We say that this is how future prophecy is going to be fulfilled. And we never, ever tolerate anybody who says something different. When it comes to prophecy fulfilled in the past, we can say with rock-solid assurance that this was the prophecy and this was how God fulfilled it. But when it comes to prophecy that has not yet been fulfilled, let's hold it with very open hands because... If it's like the book, 88 Reasons Why Christ Will Return in mm. 1988, well, as soon as 1989 came along, the credibility is gone. Yeah. And everything he said was wrong. Let's hold prophecy future, history future, with open hands and keep our eyes on the Lord and study the word of God and keep watchful. But let's not be dogmatic and attack one another because we have different views on how prophecy future is going to be fulfilled. Hasn't happened yet. We'll be absolutely, we can be dogmatic after it's happened. (laughs) But just because we can't see it doesn't mean God is not fulfilling his word. Certainly we can be dogmatic about that uh, previous prophecy, though, that uh, the the scepter being removed (laughs) with the Messiah there. Unbelievable, really good stuff. On the next program, we're going to take a look at the importance of context. That's next time on Foundations. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.